back to another episode of Real Talk with Azriel, where we ask the questions to help you progress. I am so grateful you could be here. I'm so grateful to be here. I hope life is treating you well. Today is Monday, which means I have a new discussion topic for you all. And I'm actually kind of excited to introduce today's topic because it's something that I feel like a lot of people don't know about. But we're talking about parenting styles and how parenting styles can affect you as a person and also how your birth order can affect you as a parent. So we got a lot to discuss. So let's just hop right into it. So first of all, like I said, if you didn't know this already, you, <laughs> when you are born, it will affect you as a person, your personality, everything. Like it, it affects everything about you way you handle situations like me I'm the oldest so you know I kind of (laughs) I have a lot on my plate you know I'm already kind of some somewhat of a parent especially being the oldest to a single parent I have a lot of responsibilities and so you know it it already has put me in a leadership uh, like a leadership I can't even talk (laughs) a leadership position and it already just has my mind in a certain place right? I get things done. You know, I'm on my little brother, making sure things get done. I I think I already said that. And then it also translates to my, you know, my other life, my personal life. You know, I can be very uh, demanding. I can be kind of bossy, not kind of, I can be bossy. I can be assertive. I can be aggressive. I can be uh, controlling. I can be, uh, I, I, you know what, honestly, the best way to explain what I can be is I'm like a business person. It's just been me my whole entire life. I mean, I, I came out a business person, but then once I became an older sibling and really just in life, I was already kind of like a leader naturally and I was a business person. So then you add that to having a little sibling, little siblings, it puts you really in a leadership position. So I have a lot of leadership qualities naturally and then having siblings, just little siblings, just amplified it. Not to mention, I'm not really sure how else it affects me, but I'm sure it affects me in other ways too. But I'm going to read this to you guys really quickly. So this is the oldest child birth order traits, the firstborn. So it says the firstborn child can be goal-oriented, outspoken, stubborn, independent, and perfectionistic, which is me right there literally <laughs> i i'm very outspoken i'm stubborn independent i do have perfectionist tendencies and also it says let's see here firstborns tend to score higher on consciousness and due to their surrogate parent role in the family and the responsibilities that go with that they end up helping out with things like feeding bottles playing with the kids feeling protective over them and they also tend to score higher on the aspect of extroversion, extroversion, I hope I'm saying that right, known as dominance. So we can be very dominant, which I, I kind of just explained. And also it says that they um, can be a, these are some of the key traits, right? They can be go-getters, responsible, role models, determined, rule followers, eh, hardworking, cautious, bossy, timely. That's basically me minus the rule following and the, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I have a authoritative thing sometimes. So that's kind of, I'm not like going to read all of this 
in detail. If you want to read this yourself, you can always check out medpsych.net or just look up how does birth order affect you as a person. So then it says the middle child. So the middle child, they tend to be somewhat agreeable and open to experiences. They are highly invested on getting along with others. So maybe they might be a little people-pleasing. And some of the, let's see here, it says uh, the middle child can be more likely to be creative and, oh, yeah, how to combat boredom. And usually they're super flexible and are able to adapt to changing situations. So I have no idea what it's like to be that, but it's uh, some of their key traits are they're adaptable, they're social butterflies, they're dreamers, they're generous, they're creative, rebellious, competitive, funny, and a great negotiator. So that's with the uh, middle child. Now, it's really funny because I read something, and this is completely unrelated. If I'm not mistaken, the oldest tends to be successful. The middle child tends to be... uh, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. But I, I, all I remember is that the youngest tends to be successful and the oldest tends to be successful. The youngest and the oldest tend to be successful. The middle child, eh, I forget what happens to them, but I just remember that sticking out. The youngest child actually might end up being more successful than the oldest, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't want to remember it like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, it it all depends, too. But, okay, so with the younger child, usually they are high on agreeableness. They have extroversion, uh, the social dimension, at least, and they are really open. Sometimes they have low consciousness due to the lack of responsibilities and parental indulgence over expectations. So, basically, you know, they're the baby. They don't have to do anything And it says youngest children can be charismatic, creative, mischievous, boisterous, and dependent on others. So, and and, and honestly, this this is very true because I have a younger sibling. I have two, actually. But the one that I interact with the most, see the most, is what I just described right here. exactly what I just described. So it says the key uh, birth traits of those kids are usually the risk takers, they're outgoing, they're dependent, persistent, fun, loving, charming, easygoing, free-spirited, and spoiled. Yeah, my younger sibling is very, very, very uh, easygoing. Doesn't really care about too much and will go with the flow. Me, I am very resistant to that. You know, I'm very dominant, very controlling over scenarios. So sometimes I'm not as free-flowing as my sibling is. However, you know, it, it does have its benefits because I, like I said, I score a little higher on the consciousness level, which I don't mind at all. So it says, <laughs> this is about only child now. So only children have different influences since they have no sibling competition and they're the sole focus of parental investment. As a result, parental expectations and pressure can be high, driving them toward the traits shared with the firstborns. This includes being ambitious, independent, bossy, and strong-willed. So, since they might be the only children and they have no other children to compete with, they may be less competitive. 
but they are often around more adults than kids, which means that they can usually be, be more independent and mature. So some of the key traits of only children would be mature, loyal, independent, confident, leaders, uh, cautious, curious, and sensitive. So, and you might find that you identify or resonate with all of these, and that's completely fine because no one is just a linear line, right? So now that we understand that, how it affects us as people, let's look at the parenting. How does the parenting, let's look at these. So I'm on this um, American SPCC. I have no idea what that means specifically, um, but .org, always do your own research again. And this is talking about the 14 parenting styles. Now I was unaware that there were 14 styles, honestly. I always knew about the four, the authoritative, authoritarian, permissive, uninvolved, but um, yeah, there's a lot more to it than we think. <laughs> so let's let's get with the let's get with these. So the first, these are the four styles of deliberate parenting. Okay, so these are basically excuse me, these are basically like the uh, the umbrella of the parenting styles, and there's things that fall under the umbrella. So the first one is authoritative. So authoritative parents are parents, not friends. They're not shy about praising kids. They're firm, but warm, high, holding high expectations, but they're always prepared to reward kids when they're met. This style tends to reinforce good behaviors and lead to positive, respectful parent-child relationships. Authoritative parents, this is a second type, authoritarian, so they take their rules seriously they, and they want their kids to know it. They're not particularly warm, not keen on excuses and expect obedience. This can lead to a fair, failure bond emotionally as well as rebellious behavior, anxiety, and delinquency. I'm not going to speak on that. Permissive. <laughs> Permissive parents are enablers, but it comes from a place of genuine love. They want their kids to enjoy their childhood, so they're less likely to enforce rules and more likely to provide toys and let bad behavior slide. This style can lead to a cordial parent-child relationship, but also impulsive or materialistic behavior as the kid gets older. And number four, uninvolved. Uninvolved parents are neither... <laughs> Or excuse me, are either not present physically, emotionally, or both, and they don't feel the need to be emotionally tied to the children's, to their children's well-being. So they may be less, or excuse me, they may be actively abusive to their child or overlooking abuse in their surroundings. The neglect can have countless, this neglect can have countless consequences. So again, these are the four umbrellas of it. <laughs> And then the intentional parenting styles. So we have attachment, secure for baby, but demanding for parents. Attachment parenting means co-sleeping, sling carriers, and absolutely no crying it out. It's all about nurturing a nurturing bond that keeps parents and babies close and can lead to a greater empathy and compassion in kids. And I feel like that's going to be me when I do decide. <laughs> Because I'm already like, oh, I just want to swaddle the baby, you know, in Africa, some other countries, India, they wrap the baby around them, their body. It's so sweet. And I can't wait to do that. So uh, gentle, everyone makes mistakes and gentle parents make it a priority to be understanding and maintain a good relationship with their child. This style doesn't have to be overly permissive. Plus, it may help the kids feel a little less hostile. 
number seven, we have rank free range. So hesitant to overprotect, free range parents don't want to shelter their kids too much. Within reason, they advocate letting them roam and encouraging their belief in their own abilities. It's great for fostering independence, but the obvious downside to the is the potential for unsupervised mischief in unsafe situations. And number eight, slow. Life is hectic, and parent and slow parents consciously decide to remove overcommitment, clutter, and invasive media from their kid's life. The goal is to give them plenty of time to recharge and pursue their authentic interests, interest, and it can encourage early self-sufficiency and confidence. Then we have number nine, tiger. Perfectionist is one way to describe a tiger parent for whom success is not option optional. Failure to meet or exceed expectations is punished with insults, threats, and worse. Children may be more disciplined, but are often at risk for verbal and emotional abuse. And then 10, we have gender neutral. Gentle neutral parents prefer to allow their children to choose gender identity independently and may keep their biological gender a secret from non-family. Children may be less likely to engage in stereotyping, but may feel confusion about their identity, which is very interesting because in uh, psychology last week, we were talking about gender and sex, the differences between them, how it affects transgender people, gay people, homosexuality, I guess I should say homosexuality, and things of that nature. So that's really interesting. I had no idea about that, that when you let the child choose, it may also confuse them. Mm, That's interesting. So now we've talked about the other parenting styles. I'm going to talk about the harmful parenting styles. These ones can be a little bit more, not a little bit more, they're they're very toxic. And actually, number 14 is called toxic. So let's start off with number 11, helicopter. So just as the name suggests, helicopter parents hover around their children, poised to protect them from any perceived harm. Even when they succeed, they deprive their child of opportunities to learn and grow on their own. This can make the child feel hostile, embarrassed, or overly dependent on the parents. Now, I don't have this personally, but I have seen what this does to kids and let me tell you, when they become adults, it's like resentment, 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 okay? So if you're a new parent or you're thinking about being a parent, please, please, from personal experience, do not do this to your child because I've seen with my own eyeballs how this affects children and you do not, I'm telling you, you don't want, you don't want to go down that road. So number 12, the snowplow, whether or not they deserve it, the children of the snowplow parents are getting the best. The parents will push their kids, or excuse me, will push their way into schools, events, plays, teams, and scholarships, taking away their child's chance to earn things as well as their drive towards personal accomplishments. Okay. So then 13, we have narcissistic. Often stemming from narcissistic personality disorder, narcissistic parents expect their children to serve them on every level. Not only must they obey their parents every whim, Excuse me, they may be their favorite one day and emotionally abused the next. This can lead to emotional trauma, suicidal thoughts, and other serious mental illness. This is very true. Uh, Number 14, toxic. This parenting style is the hallmark of child abuse. Children may be neglected, their basic needs going unmet. They're likely to be abused by parents or other parties as parents fail to intervene. Um, abuse is likely to lead to lifelong psychological trauma and must be ended as soon as possible. So, 
Let me see here. So this is just a little tidbit from them. Okay, so now that you're informed about all of that, oh man, you see how, <laughs> that's not funny, I'm not laughing, but you see how it can affect, how much, how much something we don't even think about can affect us as people, as parents, and everything in between, honestly. So this episode really isn't uh, like the other ones. This is more of an awareness episode. And I'm not even sure how I'm going to go about doing public interviews without getting too personal with people. I still have like trying to rack my brain about the questions because this is one of those episodes where it's just like creating awareness and putting it out there. Again, do your own research. Uh, I will do my best (laughs) to remember to provide the links of what I read to you guys today. Um, but like I said, you know, just this is just to create awareness. So if you're a new parent, maybe look into how your parenting styles can affect your children and also how your birth order can affect you as a person and a parent. And also, if you learn about these things, how you were parented and also how your birth order affects you as a person, you will learn more about yourself. Because remember, we are all about creating self-awareness here. So I hope you guys were able to gain something from this episode. I really did enjoy making this because like I said, I was really shocked when I found this out. I had no idea something as simple as our birth order can affect us as people, as parents, and honestly, our parenting styles can affect this. If you, like we talked about in psychology, if you are naturally an extrovert, but you've had a parent who treated you, uh, they treated you like, they treated you badly, they treated you poorly, you know, maybe it turned you into a introvert, you know, whereas if you grew up in a different environment, maybe you would have been an intro, or excuse me, your natural thing, an extrovert, and I know with me, I was, I'm naturally, I'm like an extroverted introvert, but if I had to revert back to my youngest memories, I would like to think that I was an extrovert, but due to some of the things that happened over life, I became introverted, and now that I'm healing, I'm finding myself more extroverted, more outspoken, more authentic to myself, which is really with anybody, but really just going from an introverted place to where I am now, it's like, wow, you know, I would have never thought I would have been walking up to random people and asking them to interview. So like I said, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was all about creating awareness and I hope I did that. Hopefully you were able to gain something. I love you all so much and I will see you on Thursday. Bye.